Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Yep. Like going to war metaphorically with anything that stands in your way is my theme, my mantra. And when I step into that, it's kind of like that black mamba mentality, right? Like when he was off the court, dude was hugging on his daughters. He was shaking little kids' don't, hands. Don't cross those lines. But when you get on the court with black mamba, mm. he is going, going for, the, for the jugular. Yeah, jugular. And, and that ultimately is my mantra. When I'm in the game of business this next year in the realm of wealth building, you better believe if it's me standing next to you, I'm going to win. I'm going to dominate. What's going on, guys? Welcome into the last Money Moves episode of the year. Hello. Happy belated Christmas, y'all. <laughs> Hello. Hello. What up, y'all? Can you hear me? I uh, am excited to close out 2023. And I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about 2024. I'm definitely excited about 2024, especially because people keep saying they're not excited about it, which means it's good. To be well, I was going to say, what are you most excited about in 2024? Rate cuts. That's what you're most excited about. <laughs> oh, yeah. About. <laughs> I ain't playing around. I love my real estate investors. I'm excited about rate cuts. Yes. I want money supply to loosen up so we can just... Know, loosen our shoulders, get back to having, you know, four slices of bacon in the morning instead of two. There we go. Um, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for all the stuff for 24. I got two, you know, I got my trips planned. So yeah, yeah 24. Some, some exciting travel. You mm -hmm. got some exciting investment opportunities. You got all kinds of cool stuff all while making going on in the money. biz. So. All while making people money. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. And... We are going to cover some great uh, economic topics for you guys today. Um, there was kind of a recent post put out by Calculated Risk Blog that essentially went over kind of 10 key core economic segments or questions to think about, investigate, um, and how those can be tied into your investment plan in 2024. So we're going to talk about those and get some insights and thoughts mm -hmm. on what you think in regards to these topics. Um, we've got some updates Sweet. in terms of what's going on with rates. 
as well as, of course, real estate investing. So with that being said, hope you guys had a great Christmas with your families. I unleashed Fatty Maddie and my mom every year cooks up an insane brunch on uh, Christmas morning. So we took the family over there and just feasted. And there's only a few times out of the year where I feel like sick because I ate so much. Like I actually need a wheelchair to get around my house. And yesterday was one of them. So very proud of that. And it was worth every bite. Um, So I hope you guys had a great one with your families that you got to enjoy uh, really what Christmas is all about, right? Which is, you know, being grateful for things. It's funny how (laughs) America and the consumerist country that we're in, we have just like roped every human into feeling the pressure of buying gifts and spending all kinds of crazy money, going further into debt just to satisfy and check the holiday box of Christmas. But uh, I'm always reminded during the holidays when all the presents are done and everything is out of the way, the things that I appreciate and enjoy the most is the traditions, the conversations, Mm -hmm. the hugs, you know, the love that's shared. Um, That's what Christmas is all about. So hopefully you had a great day with your family that you guys got to do some fun stuff. What was your favorite dish and your favorite present? I cooked a prime rib and it was really good. Um, What else did I, I didn't really get, uh, Alex got me a couple good stuff. She got me an encyclopedia, like the world encyclopedia on wine, which is pretty cool. Mm, That's Um, a good one for you. Yeah, yeah, and then um, she got me some tickets to a concert next year. I can't remember the person's name, but um, it's somebody I like recently heard. And you guys are gonna go have yeah, some fun up in Wheatland? Nice. Yeah, yeah. There next July. Mine was, um, I would say, present wise, mine was Marie got me some really cool North Face like slippers that are waterproof, like outdoor slippers, so you can oh. go. Like you can take them in the snow if That's you want sick. to, but you can also wear them around your house. So are they like a sh- like jacket material? Yeah. What? Yeah. Like how did I? They're even like think down about material that? on the top, but like rubber and like dialed in rugged on the bottom. I loving them. So those are uh, I would say my favorite gift, favorite dish. You know, I had to keep grandma's tradition rolling with the pea salad. Pea salad, extra mayo. Mm. I made crack bread. Mm-hmm. That was probably my favorite dish. Okay, there we go. So what was your favorite dish? Shoot us a text, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are not subscribed to the show, of course, you know what Come time on it over. Hit that subscribe button. Hit it. Join us each and every week. We got some great stuff planned for you guys in 2024. Most importantly, to keep you in the loop on all things stocks, real estate, and personal finance to help you on your mm-hmm. wealth building journey in 2024. Because my intention is to double my net worth in 2024. You just, you know... Because HML (laughs) hit my line (laughs) because I believe it is going to be that opportunistic of a year. It is from your perspective on, you know, the stocks and market side of things on my perspective with real estate, holistically, how we kind of have that plan Mm -hmm. working um, in synergy together. So I'm very excited for what opportunities are going to be rolling around. And I am definitely if you listen to the podcast last week on Friday, my motto, my mantra, every year I set a theme and intention is going to war in 2024. And we are going to get after it. Wow. This going to year. war in 2024. Right? That like could be good. I like the going to war with like your like your bad 
going to war with bad habits, bad habits, going to war go. with a limiting belief and, and, you know, scarcity based mindset, going Agreed. to war with anybody that wants to stand in your way and tell you, you can't do something, going to war Hell with yeah. the market and the economy, right? Yep. Like going to war th- metaphorically with anything that stands in your way is my theme, my mantra. And when I step into that, it's kind of like that black mamba mentality, right? Like when he was off the court, dude was hugging on his daughters. He was shaking little kids' hands. Don't cross those lines. But when you get on the court with black mamba, Mm. he is going Going for the the jugular. Yeah, jugular. And, And that ultimately is my mantra. When I'm in the game of business this next year in the realm of wealth building, you better believe if it's me standing next to you, I'm going to win. I'm going to dominate. And... I think that is a, a beautiful mentality that will get rewarded this next year with all of the chaos and all the craziness that's going on. Go to war in 2024 against anything that stands in your way of unlocking that next level in yourself, your health, your business, bank account, whatever it may be. Fortune favors the bold, as always. That's right. So with that being said, let's dig in on, most importantly, if you guys have not taken advantage of the free financial x-ray shoot the word x-ray text that 844-447-1555 that'll connect you with ryan and his amazing team to do a full portfolio review Mm -hmm. a full mock-up of their plan and what they think they can do better how they can support you making sure you're not getting overfeed overcharged all the good stuff there so again x-ray to 844-447-1555 and if you are listening to this in 2024 we've got a new opportunity that's going to be rolling out to the entire deals list. So if you're not on that deals list yet and you want to get notified of investment opportunities that I'm putting out to my network, things that I'm investing in or things that I am doing myself, then you can text the word deals for credit investors uh, to get on that list. 844-447-1555, the word deals. Mm -hmm. All right. So rate cuts. Let's just start there. Let's do it. I don't think they're coming in January. I don't I don't think that that's that's just too soon. They're priced uh, maybe about a 12 percent chance right now of a rate cut in January. I don't believe that's going to happen. Um, they threw out three. We're hearing more along the lines of six. Uh, it's going to be between four and six. Yeah, and that has to be more than three. I think they could get away with four. But if they do less than. If they don't do more than four, they're, they unless they do more aggressive cuts. Yeah, if they, that depends. It just like depends. If they, if, if what if they, they did a versus twenty five, three they, times might be different. Ultimately, it, it. I know the amount of cuts sounds sexy, but it just matters how much they cut exactly. Because if they cut six times at one percent or four times at one and a half, the four times is going to be more impactful than the 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 six. Right. So, I think they're cutting between four to six times. I think six would probably be the max, and they would do a lot. Like the last three maybe cuts in the probably end of third to fourth quarter, and they would do the rest between end of first through the end of the well. Now March third. is what eighty five percent chance of a twenty five seventy seven percent. I think okay, yeah, seventy seven percent chance of a cut uh, coming in March. It's pretty much like a hundred percent price into the market. The Fed's futures rate I think is trading at about seventy seven percent chance right now, um, and and I think there's going to be at least about a one and a half percent total cut to rates next year, but I don't know how many it will take them to get there. That's the one thing I don't know. So I, I'm I'm definitely saying between four to six. Um, if we got more, I think that they're getting ahead of themselves. And if we got less than four, I think they're being too conservative and that could also keep inflation around and keep it too sticky. Yeah, I'm just curious to see, I think the real, what, what I'm most interested is 
in 30 days from now. Like yeah. when, when the holiday craziness and February's spending and today. all of that is kind of settled and the sentiment of, okay, here's my reality and situation of where I'm at financially for the masses. Mm -hmm. People are going to start making changes in January and in February. Yeah. February is typically pretty terrible for the stock market. I don't know if that's going to get bolstered this year. By and I'm just curious to see what cuts. it's going to look like from a macro perspective, right? How does that show up in the real estate market? How does that show up in the stock market? How does that show up in the global economy, mm -hmm. right? Because I really feel like this year was such a choppy, chaotic, so many different things going on, so many levers being pulled, so many things getting... It, it just felt very... I feel like this next year could be one of those years where we now know what is in front of us. We didn't know that this last year, right? It was like, we're going to cut. No, we're going to pause. We're going to do We kind of have an idea of what next year is going to look like, right? Yeah, and it it was less clear end of summer, beginning of fall. But right. as we moved towards, uh, and it was kind of indicative around October, November time, we got enough inflation data by that time. So we could, we could kind of put our stake in the ground and say yes. Right. And then we did that maybe 60 days prior to the mainstream media saying, hey, yeah, we're, you know, Inflation is definitely down where we are going to cut next year per the Fed's yep. words at least three times. I would say, again, four to six, at least double that would yep. be the, the cap. Um, but the hard thing to do is to see that in the in the front. But it was kind of obvious when we I don't know, it, it would be too long to explain, but it was obvious from a macro setup that we needed to cut rates at a certain point. If the if the we didn't have the non farm payrolls report in July, it would have happened this November because mm. it just that's what the that's what needs to happen to keep the ball rolling in the manner that it was rolling forward. That got pushed to the to the following year. I couldn't tell when. Uh, that's why I gave that range of between March and June, and now that's kind of the consensus as early as March and definitely by June. Yeah, um, and that's that's hard to see, but again, that's what you know. I don't know how to, I was just talking to Anthony about options and stuff because that's not my world and I'm not the expert in the real estate world. But when in my world, I pride myself on making sure that I study that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I can try to help give that foreshadowing to you guys. And I'm not a hundred percent, but I try to bat, you know, over 750 for y'all. And um, it's, it's hard to do, but it's the, it's the, not enough people predict the positive. We've talked about this so many times. They always want to say, oh, there's a recession on the on the horizon. Well, yeah, the sun's going to rise at some point too. It's obviously that's going to happen. When? Nobody knows. So it's better to be in the market, be somewhere with your money working versus constantly trying to predict the bad because everybody that called for a recession this year, everyone is wrong. Yeah. And now the next thing is, Oh, well, you know, when they cut rates, it's going to start a recession. And I, I told y'all that was going to be the new narrative because I said, well, historically, that's what happened. That is what happened when we cut to zero. We're not cutting to zero. We're cutting to normal cost on money, two to 4% from the Fed, which is going to mean a four to five and a half percent loan uh, rate on your money, which is people can make money at that spread. Mm -hmm. Banks can make money. Uh, the Fed's profitable. Individuals can be profitable. And we can get back to normalcy. It's it's interesting, right? As as we kind of are talking about, I, I, I'm not going to call it normal market next year because who the hell knows what normal even means anymore. But ultimately, we have a little bit clearer of a path and a vision for what the 12 months ahead of us could look like versus all the guessing that we've done over the last few years and kind of very quick reactive 
you know, um, responses to what has yeah. been going on in the world. I think we have an idea at least of what it forward looking is going to be like. And it's funny as, as that, as we kind of turn that corner, um, cause I am going to be very interested to see what this first quarter looks like in terms of the headlines of people still barely making it paycheck to paycheck like that, that narrative and that is still out there. So I'm curious to see how much of that really shows up in the data versus the headlines saying, you know, 74% of Americans can't afford blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that, those kind of things and what really shows up in the data. But as we started to turn the corner into 2024, now I'm seeing biggest crash of our lifetime. I've sent a couple of these to you. Yeah. Biggest crash of our lifetime. Uh, this was from Harry Dent. And Harry Dent said, since 2009, this has been 100% artificial unprecedented money printing and Since deficits 2009 27 trillion over 15 years to be exact this is off the charts 100% artificial which means we're in a dangerous state harry dent told fox news digital i think 2024 is going to be the biggest single crash we will see ever in our lifetimes said it before and i'll say it again <laughs> <laughs> I am not a fan of predicting massive market crashes. One will definitely happen in the future. Uh, never has happened in, or has, at least in the past 50 years, has not happened in an election uh, or re-election year. So I don't know if the White House would allow that because uh, they're going to pull out all the stops to try to make sure the market looks as good as it can going into November. Um, and uh, Yeah, you know. Uh, Here, I pulled it up. What has what has Harry Dent predicted correctly in the past? Several of Dent's forecasts have been way off base, but the contrarian's contrarian has been on target with some significant prognostications. He uh, correctly predicted Japan's 1989 bubble burst in 1989. <laughs> the dot-com crash. 2000. And the populist surge that thrust Donald Trump into the presidency. 2016. I don't really know if that's a. And that, I don't know if that's a uh, yeah, real. Yeah. So pretty much for the, she's so 23 years batting. Nah. So your stance is all of these crashes, pullbacks. Is there anything that you can see as a setup for that? No. Actually, I mean, no, I mean, no, unless there's something is, unforeseen, there's always systemic risk. There could be sure. a war. It would be a geopolitical risk. I think is what would what would cause that war. If we had some sort of government set up I, I think, virus, I was going to say that again. I think that's the only thing I can think of at this stage would be a true black swan. Yeah, there's another war. Uh, uh, you know, an election doesn't happen for some reason, or you right? Like it, it would have to be something so extreme and out, you know, outside of the normal variables. I don't see that. That, that. economists could totally miss the mark. I guess you never see a black swan event though. So I guess if it's fair, I really can't see those, but True. Um, there's nothing crazy geopolitical wise that I think is going to pop off. Um, I don't think we're going to go, I hope that we're not going to go to war with anybody. Um, I think, you know, over time, the stuff in Ukraine and Russia will continue to calm Gaza's. I don't know what else they can really do there. It's like flat. So that'll eventually, you know, come to a, a halt. Um, I'm really just excited, like I said, for a hundred days from now, because we should know about rate cuts then. Yeah, we should know about rate cuts. And I think we should also know about the true health of the consumer a little bit more as well. 
I don't think the consumer is going to crack. I don't think they're going to crack. Or pull back. I think they're going to pull back. Well, you thought the market was going to be in a recession last year, too. I did. You're right. I'm I don't I'm think willing, so. I'm willing to, to I don't that. think so. Breedwell is of the sentiment that the consumer will hold strong and steady through 2024. If they held through 2023, they're going to hold through 2024. I, I don't disagree with you that that's not probable based on what just happened. I just, that's where I'm hanging my hat. Warren Buffett has been right on one thing consistently and it's never betting against the U.S. consumer. That's that's a good point. It's very difficult because they are a cons- the top consumer of any type of consumer that exists. What do you guys think? You let us know. Send in a text, 844-447-1555. Are you in Breedwell's camp? Or are you in Matty A's camp? Is the consumer going to slow down and crack a tiny bit? I'm not saying implode. You're saying strong and steady. It'll continue to go up, yeah. Strong and steady. Higher than where we are today. All right. I like it. Team Breedwell, Team Mattier, let us know your thoughts. Let's jump into the 10 economic questions. Yeah, let's get it. uh, Calculated risk. We love calculated risk. Yeah. They're a great blog that's always putting out accurate and up-to-date information, data as reports are coming out. Um, One thing that they always do at the end of the year is kind of reflect back on the year and um, what is this guy's name? They, they've got a couple good kind of writers, but uh, one guy that wrote um, basically 10 economic questions for 2024 mm. um, that he'll follow up kind of some of his thoughts based on those questions. So I figured I would propose some of these to you and I for discussion. I'm ready. To bring in the listener around really these are 10 of the most and i'll give you guys the categories here in just a second kind of the most and and again we could split hairs and get even more granular but these are many of the overarching kind of data sets that drive a lot of what we end up seeing the market do right yep so we've got economic growth we've got employment we've got unemployment rate participation rate inflation monetary policy wage growth residential investment, house prices, and housing inventory. Is there anything you think that's missing from from that before we dig into those? That Interest rates was one of them, right? Um, unemployment, yeah, uh, inflation, I guess, is, and then so, monetary policy. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we're yeah. talking about the Fed funds right there. Yep, yep. So I think that's, that hits the nail right on the head. Cool. All the way around, your side and my side. So number one is economic growth. Uh, in 2023, it looks like it's kind of close to the 2.6% mark. Talking for GDP. And uh, I believe so. Yeah, we should have a, a slight... On average, right? And yeah. That's where it kind of blended out, out to be for the year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we were between one9 and 2.5% on GDP next year. Okay. Um, we should have a little bit of a compression because uh, some of the some other growth is going to get... It is a little artificial. Um, so, but positive GDP growth seems like you're right in line with, he said the FOMC is expecting growth of 1.2 to 1.7%. Yeah. We're 1.9 to 2.5. And your, your estimate for how much will the economy grow in 2024? You're thinking in that 1.5. Yeah. And the economy is not the stock market. Just want to throw that disclaimer out there for people. A lot of people confuse those, and not the same thing. And his, his question was, do we really believe that there will be a recession in 2024? No. 
And that is no, no, I no. Check my track record. There we go. <laughs> Employment. So through November 2023, the economy added 2.6 million jobs in 2023. Mm-hmm. This is down from the 4.8 million jobs added in 2022 and 7.3 million in 2021. The two best years ever, obviously, post-pandemic. We know why. But still a solid year for employment gains, if you think about it. Correct. I And I think it's probably going to be around that, but slightly higher. Okay. And I think that's going to be accelerated uh, summer through fall of next year. So you think we'll see more jobs added, not lose jobs? I think unemployment rate will go up, but I think the workforce base will be larger as a whole. And so we'll see more jobs added, um, especially if money supply loosens uh, seasonal, yeah. seasonal jobs there'll be millions of those extra that that are not accounted for right now that will need to be there. Um, so yeah. And we have, uh, I think there's also going to be a huge influx of people moving from the uh, work behind a desk sector to the trade sector and more people getting added to that sector. So yeah, non-farm private. I, I think that's a good thing too, by the way. I agree. One, we need that. Mm-hmm. And two, I think, you know, there's great opportunity in that sector for one, for anybody that's hardworking and is willing to apply skills and resources and bringing a level of savviness to an industry that's not as a whole, extremely, extremely savvy with, you know, today's tools and resources that can be, you know, levered into those industries and really enhance the industry itself. I'm excited to see that. I also think too, just the fact that, Cost of living has gone up, not in conjunction with the wage growth that we've seen. More yeah. and more people are just working more, working second jobs to kind of make it by, which again, Correct. I don't think is a bad thing. It's just no. the reality of the situation. Which didn't have to happen, but it is, it's, you know, it's better than, I always tell people, they, they like, they like, oh my gosh, people working two jobs. I'm like, wouldn't it be worse if they weren't? Well, and I just go, man. Man, go back to the 20s. Go work a 19-hour day to buy, you know, a bread and a newspaper and, you know, to barely make it day by day, let alone week by week, let alone month by month. Watching, We need more people willing to work hard. It may be different today with technology and everything that's going on in the world, but we need to get back to what made America so amazing, which was the fact that it was built on the back of anybody immigrant or not that was willing to bust their ass and those people you look at all the amazing stories of immigrants who came over and have become multi-millionaires bro go watch home alone it's just because they are willing to work their asses off and did it consistently day in and day out whether it was 10 hours a day or 18 hours a day or i know my dad's wife maria who you've mm-hmm. met and we've spent lots of time with her dad had has such an epic immigration story of coming over from Greece as a little boy in Chicago, shining shoes for a penny and doing that day in and day out until he was able to buy his first diner that he moved to New York City, opened up a 24-hour diner. He slept in the diner seven days a week, 365 days a year until he opened up a second diner. Multiple diners later, he started owning the real estate that those diners were operating out of, then built up a massive commercial real estate portfolio. Like, those are the people, dude wasn't, barely knew how to speak English, 
barely knew how this whole economy of America works. He just knew there was opportunity. And, and I got energy and effort to throw into this bad boy and he got rewarded for it. Yep. So I just think that, again, if you're willing to work hard right now, if you're willing to go to war right now, ooh, it's it's a good time for people like that. And the Amen. people who are lazy as shit and want things to be easy and at the click of a button and want it fast and the lightning. And Sorry, y'all. That this These are not the times you that will you will thrive wealth. in. That being said, tying into what you said about unemployment rate. Unemployment mm-hmm. rate was at 3.7% in November, up from 36 in November of 2022. I think it'll get closer to 4.1. FOMC is forecasting the unemployment rate will increase to the 4 to 4.2% range, right? On par uh, with what you're thinking by Q4 of 2024. You believe it's going to be right in that 4.1% range. I, I, You heard it here first which is not an unhealthy level when we think of Histori- the overall scheme of still what? historically low yes participation rate was five percent in 2019 just for people's information for those that don't understand what participation rate is or what it labor measures, force bar yeah so basically in november of 2023 the overall participation rate was at 62.8 percent which is up year over year from 62.2 percent um, in November of 2022, but still below pre-pandemic levels of 63.3%. Long-term, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS, is projecting the overall participation rate will decline to 60% mm. by 2032. So that's that's pretty far out. What will the participation rate, in your opinion, be at the end of next year, higher or lower? Should be similar. Similar. Yeah. Maybe slightly lower, maybe slightly higher, but negligible. And is, and is that ultimately based on some of the variables we just talked about? Yeah, you'll have people switching jobs and you'll have people getting back into real estate. You'll have people getting back into being lenders, but then they'll be quitting other jobs to do so. Yeah. So I think it's all going to wash out. You think it's going to be kind of a lateral shift? Yeah, I think so. Just people getting realigned in the in the industries that they want to kind of hunker down in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see a lot of big, a huge move more to commission based and sales based. Uh, I think you might see some people move out of the auto industry back into real estate, um, service sales based industry back into real estate lending. So stuff like that. Yeah. Number five was inflation. Obviously this was a big year Mm -hmm. for inflation. This was a core focus of the fed was getting inflation trending back towards that 2%. Mm -hmm. Core PCE was up 3.2% year over year through November, which was down from the peak of 5.6 in early 2022. FOMC is forecasting the year over year change in core PCE uh, PCE will be in the 2.4 to 2.7% range uh, by the end of 2024. Yeah, we've two and a quarter. Will I was going to ask you, will the core inflation rate decrease further in 2024? And what do you think that ending year over year number will be December 24? I think we'll be closer to two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. Yeah. So you think we're going to be pretty damn close to where they want to be at? Correct. And and that's why I think we still have cuts coming in 25, but maybe only one to three. Because they'll, they'll have done enough. What do you rate the Fed? This is a little sidebar. What do you rate the Fed over the last 12 to 24 months and how they've handled this? Because they've gotten um, a, lot of, a lot of narrative around, obviously, how they handled this. How Fed in 21 was 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 kind of a, a D plus. Uh, but Jerome Powell's done really good 
since then. So, you know, that's the, if, if we call that the dip, the, the inflationist transitory dip, um, that since then, I think they've done fine. What do you rate them this year? In 23? Mm-hmm. A. Beautiful. Yep. I, 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 a plus if they could have figured out a way to, um, keep the job and non-farms more tight so that we could have cut this year. Um, I think that would have been like insane, but I also know that timing wise, it works out better if we let a little bit more steam out of the crock pot before we take the lid off. So monetary policy Mm -hmm. to slow inflation, the fed raised the federal funds rate four times in 2023 from four and a quarter percent to four and a half percent at the beginning of 2023 to five and a quarter percent to five and a half percent at the end of the year. Most FOMC participants expect around three 25 basis point rate cuts in 2024, if not more. We've talked a little bit about this, but what's your final thought around where the Fed funds rate is going to land in 2024 by the end of 2024? Four to six cuts, and I think it'll be one and a half percent total cuts. So double what they're forecasting, at least on the total amount. Um, quantity of cuts, again, is less important. It'll than, just depend on yeah. how much they're cutting on each each time. They could cut three times and be right, but in it, and it still be, you know, half, 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 mm-hmm. you know. Um, yep. I think when they start cutting, they're going to start. That's what I'm still kind of up for debate. I feel like they should start hard and then go soft. So they let people know they're serious yep. um, and just get a lot of wind in the sails to start. Versus starting, you know, soft playing in and people sprinting out ahead of themselves. It's mm-hmm. just, I think a 75 basis point cut to start would be good. Doing another 50 and then doing a quarter, that would be awesome. Um, but time will tell. I think that'll all depend on what this first quarter's numbers bring in, right? They're going to be good. The spending, consumer spending this last quarter has been insane. So let's talk about that because wage growth has has been a big one, right? Some people, a lot of people mm-hmm. have said, hey, you know, he, my lifestyle hasn't changed, but, you know, the the cost of my lifestyle has gone up. My wage growth has not gone up in unison with that. So that'll be interesting to kind of see how that all plays out. But wage growth was number seven on this list, um, which was solid in 2023, which was up 4% year over year as of November, but down 4.8% year over year in 2022. I think it's probably going to have to go up because people are starting to, to focus and demand on that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, you just, you, you can't, you can't deny that it just, well, the cost of doing the reason people were, business of travel of all of the stuff that people like doing is it's just more expensive today. The reason the consumer fell asleep at the wheel was because cost of money was zero percent. So they don't feel the inflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the past 24 months, they've actually felt the inflation. So now they're going to attack the thing that helps them go with the inflation, with is, which is cost of goods and services. It's your income. Yep. That's what offsets that. Yep. So I think it's going to be more of a focus in the next coming years. I think that... Uh, How much will wages increase in 2024? Um, on the federal, private, overall, what are we just saying? Like an overall average number? Yeah. Probably around 4 to uh, four to 6%. 4% to 6%? Yeah. Not 46, I wish, guys. 4 to 6%. 
Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Number eight was residential investment, which was slightly negative through the first three quarters of 2023 as the housing market appeared to finally find a bottom, which was... <laughs> that should be a lot more. Yeah. I would say it's probably going to be at least 100% more. Through November, starts were down 9.9% year to date compared to the same period in 2021. New home sales were up 3.9% year to date through November. We just saw a start of that too with the housing starts on the commercial side was a big beat. And just to keep in mind too, guys, residential investment is mostly investment in new single family structures, multifamily structures, home improvement, and commissions on existing home sales. So I think that this is going to be up personally. It's uh, going to be up a lot. Being that one, we've got a significant amount of housing starts over the course of the last 12 to 24 months, which will be delivering the product. two months we have. Inventory will definitely go up, but when you get more people coming off the sidelines with the cost of capital getting a little bit cheaper, rates dropping, we're gonna see hopefully some energy be reinfused, but I don't think it's gonna be anywhere close to the velocity at which we were experiencing no. the, the years prior. That may never slowdown. happen again. No, that yeah. you're right, that may yeah. never happen again. Um, in terms of inventory, uh, it was up 3.9% compared to the same week in 2022, but it's down 34% compared to the same week in 2019. So again, we still are at such low levels of inventory with still good, solid demand for the most part. You layer in cuts throughout next year. You layer in more inventory hitting the market. Um, I think that, you know, we'll... We'll see that in residential investment jump. I think we'll see prices jump, which was number nine on the list. It appears house prices as measured by the National Repeat Sales Index, which is Case Schiller, FHFA, and Freddie Mac will be up mid single digits in 2023. What do we think is going to happen with house prices in 2024? Uh, they'll probably go up, but I would say around the 3 to 5% mark. I think they're going to be way more in line with where... 
a healthy housing market should be year yeah. over year in a relatively stable economy. Three to five percent. I'm going to say five yeah. percent just because of limited inventory um, and them cutting rates. I think that we'll see prices. I'm down for them to go up. The more they go up, the more money. You're not upset. The more equity I got. I mean, I I guess it does. The tax man's happy too because he reassesses my home value every year and lets me know with that nice pink paper like, hey, I need your money. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how um, how much house prices jump based on how aggressive. I think a big part of it will be how aggressive the Fed is. Yeah, I think the nationwide that average is going to be somewhere yeah. on the low and three. And I think they're the probably going to, they're going to, Keep that in mind, too, as they're doing these cuts, really paying attention to how, because everybody knows affordability is the main issue of the housing market right now. Correct. That's why the money supply loosening up will just fixes that. So, and then number 10, housing inventory, which we just talked about. Definitely uh, inventory decreased sharply during the pandemic to record lows in early 2022. Since then, it's increased, but it's still well below pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, it'll take to 25. To I was going to say, to get I mean, caught all the way back up. If, if we're talking today... We're still 35% essentially lower in terms of inventory than we were the same time in 2019. And it was a very competitive market back then and we're 35% less homes available. Now the demand is not necessarily the same, but Mm -hmm. again, you start cutting rates and giving more incentive for people to get back in the game, still going after a very limited supply of houses to choose from. We're going to see that competition still remain relatively healthy. I agree. And I, I think that it'll be, I think inventory percentage will go up from where it is right now, but I also think that we're going to not be where we were pre-pandemic yet. It's probably going to take into, if not through 2025 uh, to get there. <clears throat> well, those are the top 10 that they threw out there. Is there any that you would add to that list? Any that seemed more important than others that you're spotlighting? Um, no, I think it's just important for people to make a plan with your investments and your goals so you just don't have a bunch of investments. Uh, commit to the plan, uh, set up automatic funding to your investment accounts, uh, set up um, ways to save so you can do deposits to investments uh, via real estate. Just make a plan. Don't just go about it haphazardly. Make a plan, stick to your plan, commit to it long-term, easiest way to build wealth. That's right. Well, you guys know I talk my plan, at least on passive income and and cash flow investments, is one commercial real estate asset a year that nets you 50K a year. You do that for five years in a row. You guys can do one something, one thing every year at a minimum, right? Mm -hmm. And so mine is 50K a year net passive income off of one commercial asset. I buy one of those for five years straight. I'm at 250K a year in passive income. That's life changing for people. Mm -hmm. You can execute on one investment. It might not be, you know, easy. It could be a simple, clear plan that isn't always easy, but you know what to execute on. And that's one thing that you focus on for the year. Obviously, I've got a plan with you on my Mm -hmm. investments of what I give you and what I want to keep growing every year. Right. So making sure that you have a clear plan at a bare minimum, it's your default plan. If I do nothing else in 2024, but this, I'll still, I'll still call this a successful year. That's Checkbox number one when it comes to wealth building. Have a bare minimum default plan you know you're going to do no matter what. Then set a little bit of a stretch goal that you're pushing yourself. It's going to require more of you. It's going to require maybe some help from other people, right? Thinking of those two of here's my bare minimum default plan. Here's my best case or my beehive, you know, 
audacious goal that I'm going to go after in 2024. This is the year you want to do that and stretch yourself. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, if you guys haven't, you know, taken advantage of the free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio and you want to get a little bit clear on what that plan can look like, you can text Ryan x-ray 844-447-1555. If you want to look at more passive investments, you want to get on my credit investor list. I've got some great ones that are going to be rolling out here um, first week of January and a couple others going out throughout the year. Text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555. And of course, if you haven't gotten your Rich Life Planner yet, you guys haven't set out all the goals for the year and got crystal clear in what it is that you're going after, then I highly encourage you, whether it's the Rich Life Planner or some type of goal setting, clear focus for what you're going to give your energy and attention to in 2024. You want to know that before January 1 rolls around so that way you can hit the ground running and you're going to already be 99% of the way ahead of most other people who don't set goals at all, let alone set goals to start the year. So yep. you can get more information on the planner, shop.millionermycast.com to check out the store. With that being said, we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, mm -hmm. allowing us to be a part of your wealth building journey, all the great feedback, comments that you guys give us, questions, comments, 844-447-1555. And until next week's episode, we'll see you guys in 2024. Let's make it the best one yet. Let's go to war in 2024. Subscribe, leave a review, and of course, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, guys. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really, in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out. And last, don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at MillionaireMindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at MillionaireMindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.